0: hello there and welcome to episode number 320 of smart podcast trashy books i'm sarah wendell from smart bitches trashy books with me today are elise and amanda and this week we are talking about shipping literally and figuratively do you stand for germany do you have a lifelong thing for jareth and sarah are platinum blonde anti-heroes your jam maybe adam driver in really high-waisted pants Are you a fan of Katang or Zukara, Prince Diamond or Tuxedo Mask? If any of that made sense, then this episode is for you. Amanda and Elise and I are talking about OTPs, our one true pairings. We talk about our favorite ships, the pairings that always work for us, and what they reveal about our reading catnip. It's a lot. (laughs) Often there are patterns in the conflicts of our OTPs that correspond to our favorite romances and our favorite tropes. We ask important questions like, can Amanda set Elise up with the Predator? How many paranormal workplace romances does Elise love? Spoiler, many. Can we avoid discussing celebrity crushes? Spoiler, no. And did, did Sarah retcon her own ending to Beauty and the Beast? Of course she did. You knew that. Note, there are some epic spoilers for things because we're talking about older pieces of entertainment, including Final Fantasy IV, X-Files, The X-Files Reboot, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Avatar the Last Airbender, and others. But I figure if you know about ships, then you probably know about these stories. So we want to know, what are your favorite OTPs? What pairings still make you happy sigh? And are they related to your reading catnip? We would love for you to tell us, actually. You can email us at spjpodcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave a message at 201-371-3272. That's 201-371-3272. Don't forget to tell us your name so we can add you to a future episode because I know this topic is going to come up again. And please be aware that's a U.S. number depending on what your international dialing options are like. This podcast episode and the podcast transcript are brought to you by Cut and Run by Mary Burton, on sale now from Montlake Romance. Twin sisters separated by the past are reunited by unspeakable crimes in New York Times bestselling author Mary Burton's throat-clutching novel of Suspense. Trauma victims are not new to medical examiner Faith McIntyre, but this one is different. The unconscious woman clinging to life after a hit and run is FBI agent Macy Crow. What the woman from Quantico was doing in a dark alley after midnight is just one mystery. The other is more unsettling. Macy is Faith's mirror image, the twin sister she never knew she had. Faith knew that she was adopted, but now she's finding out that her childhood concealed other secrets— Following the trail of clues that Macy left behind, Faith and Texas Ranger Mitchell Hayden make a shocking discovery on an isolated country ranch. As the missing pieces of Faith's and Macy's dark lives snap into place, Faith is becoming more terrified by what she sees and by what she must do to save her sister and herself from the past. Cut and Run by Mary Burton is available now from Lake Romance. And somewhere, Elise is really, really excited and doesn't know why, because that sounds like all her catnip. Our podcast, as you probably know, has a Patreon. And if you have supported the show with a monthly pledge of any amount, thank you very, very much. You are helping me keep the show going. You're helping me ensure that each episode is transcribed. And you're making sure that each episode is available and accessible to everyone, which is very important to me and to many readers and listeners as well. So thank you. If you'd like to join our Patreon community, it would be awesome if you did. Have a look at smartbitches at patreon.com. That would be patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges start at $1 a month, and you'll be part of a group who helps me develop questions for upcoming episodes and suggest guests and generally gets to hear some behind-the-scenes mayhem. Not a lot of mayhem. I'm getting much better at editing and creating less mayhem. I also want to thank some of the Patreon folks personally. So to Jennifer O., Becca, Sarah, Miranda, Nita, and E. McD, thank you so much for being part of the Patreon community. Are there other ways to support podcasts that you love? Of course there are, and I bet you know what they are, but I'm going to say them anyway because it helps to be reminded. At least it helps me anyway. Leave a review wherever you listen or however you listen. The reviews help show podcasts to like-minded listeners and helps people discover the show. You can tell a friend. You can subscribe. You can, you know, yell out the window, whatever works. But if you are hanging out with me each week and I am in your eardrums right now, thank you. There are a lot of podcasts and I am honored that you chose this one to listen to. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Atwater. I'll have information at the end of the show as to who this is. Plus, I'll have a terrible, terrible joke, a preview of what's coming up on Smart Bitches next week, and of course, links to all of the books and things that we talk about. There are many. And now let's talk about OTPs. On with the podcast. All right. According to the state laws of Maryland, I have to inform you I'm recording this, but I figured you knew. Oh, I heard a cat. Yeah, that's uh, Wilbur. Wilbur is feeling really good now that he's had all all his teeth removed and he's making a play to become dominant (laughs) over Orville and Orville outweighs him by like at least a ton and Orville is not here for this attempt. So every day there's a furry coup, it's noisy, and then they go take a nap together. It's very weird.
1: (laughs) Fisher is eyeing me
2: up, so he is definitely going to be on the podcast at some point
1: fabulous all cats present present. minus is asleep in another room so
0: (laughs) oh he needs to get the zoomies and join in the party
1: he's in his in the reading chair that he commandeers for himself every single day
0: is this the one that's next to the the is this the chair that's next to the stuffed otter
1: uh the stuffed otters in the living room
0: (gasps) i beg your pardon i was i was mistaken i thought the otter also read with you
1: no the stuffed otters in the living room behind the couch and the reading chair is in the reading room. Does the okay. otter have a name? Maxwell. Okay. And That's he, a good uh, name. Maxwell. Um, and my roommate put a little bandana on him. So he looks like a little Boy Scout.
0: <laughs> Aww. Okay. So we are here to talk about our OTPs. And I mentioned this today. And, of course, I had two people in my house go, You're what? <laughs> so in a case anyone is not familiar and I'm pretty sure the the audience of this podcast is going to be very fluent with this terminology, OTP is your one true pairing. It is any person in a fandom's favorite couple. Sometimes they're canon, which means that they're part of the original text, and sometimes they're super not as is the case with Amanda. Yeah.
2: So Rich asked what we were we were going to talk about and I said shipping and he thought like literal <laughs> transportation of goods. He was a little bit
0: confused. (laughs) So, Elise, if a a hero and heroine needed to move several large containers of jelly beans and toilet paper from, let's say, Chicago to Birmingham, what's the most efficient shipping?
2: Well, first of all, you don't want to move a container. You're going to want to move a a 53-foot trailer. And I guess question right. would be, does it need to be refrigerated? Because then you're going to need a reefer. You don't want to ship this intermodal because I don't think there's any good rail hubs around Birmingham presently. High Fish. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just a driver and, and a reefer or a dry van. It's going to be your best bet. Good
0: to know. All right. So now that we've discussed one kind of shipping, right. unless there's other kinds of shipping you you want to tell us about.
2: I mean, I can talk all day about shipping. We can talk about the different...
0: Boats. Like, aren't you going to close down highways to ship a wind turbine?
2: Uh, you don't close them down. You have to run it at night with a police escort.
0: Is this the kind of police escort where the police officer drives zigzag across all lanes of traffic to make everyone behind him slow down?
2: I don't think they're going to do that because it's going to be a two-lane highway most of the way. So you're uh, just... so
0: they just take up the whole damn lane. right?
2: So you're going to have a pilot car ahead and then another car behind just... Moderating speed, basically.
0: Wait, well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This has yeah. been shipping. been <laughs> Shipping with Elise. This has been shipping with Elise and Sarah and Amanda and all of our cats. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had a random conversation months and months and months ago about our OTPs. Who were our original true pairing couples that we stick with and that are are basically fundamental to a lot of our tastes as romance readers, which is something that I've been investigating a lot in the past year. So (laughs) we all made lists of our OTPs and mine are the most boring. (laughs) (laughs) Because I only ship canon, it's really sad. Um, Who wants to go first? (laughs) Amanda, that was an evil laugh. I'll go go
1: first. Um, We'll like just get the trash out of the way first. Um, So a majority of mine are not canon. And you'll notice that they all kind of follow the same formula. Which,
0: like I said, your OTP is you often your catnip. So, you know, story checks out.
1: hooray for consistency, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my, probably like the first huge ship that I got on was Draco Malfoy and Hermione Granger.
0: Oh my gosh. They have so much terrible chemistry.
1: And, and that's when I really started to get into reading fanfic. And in high school, my best friend wrote Dramione fanfiction and it was great.
0: I love that you can grow up with friends <laughs> who write fic for you.
1: Yeah, like that is not an experience I had. And I think that's amazing. <laughs> um, and what I really like about this pairing and the pairings that will come after that is that you have this kind of guy who is an antihero or is straight up terrible. Like I'm not going to mince words about the heroes that are in my ships. But then you have this kind of like whip smart, intelligent woman who can kind of like rival him in a way?
0: Hence his hence his his disdain for her because he knows that.
1: Yeah. And then so I do these Wreck It Wednesdays on our Instagram. And we have one person who asked for recommendations for what is called a morality chain. And I had never heard this term before, so I had Googled it. And it's essentially an evil hero who becomes good simply for, like, the love of the heroine.
2: Oh, that is my thing.
1: Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I, was like <laughs> I think that's what appeals to me about this, is a lot of these heroes that I ship with heroines are terrible people, but they come around because they, you know, see this goodness and this love and another person.
2: Yeah, know um, that's, yep. <laughs> you don't
0: have a name,
1: like this it. person is the
0: this so this other person is the only reason that they are not killing every motherfucker in the room yes
1: pretty much um whoa that's a lot to put on one partner <laughs> so but the the pairing that started it all was draco and hermione and then from there we have uh sarah and jareth from the labyrinth yep um which is <laughs> yep. yeah yeah know that yes
2: so hard <laughs> so hard like i think i hit puberty when david bowie walked on screen and his gym. oh yeah like that was what triggered it in me
1: it's that those tight pants and the bulge that just keeps getting bulgier <laughs> each time you see it
3: <laughs> oh
1: god and the
2: eyeshadow and The mullet wig.
1: The hair, (laughs) like the platinum blonde hair. Oh my goodness. Um, David Bowie was
2: so charismatic that, like, he could not be fully evil. Like, you had to, he was, there was still David Bowie there.
1: Yeah. I, that movie, maybe I'll watch that movie this weekend. (laughs) Um, But that's another one. And then um, going into video games, Final Fantasy VII is such an amazing video game and probably one of the best video games ever made um but and i'm gonna spoil the game because it's been out for like 20 years already um you the main character's name is cloud and he discovers this flower girl in a church and her name's eris or Aerith, depending on how you want to pronounce it and she kind of like becomes the healer of your party and he has like a crush on her and she's so sweet and nice and the main bad guy, Sephiroth, has like this huge fucking sword and he always has like his shirt unbuttoned and like, this <laughs> long, like platinum, like white platinum hair. And don't make the mistake like me and really level up Aeris and put all your shit into making her a great healer because part of the storyline is Sephiroth will fucking kill her. There's nothing you can do that is part of the storyline. She dies um dude (laughs) so i shipped them together and i read a lot of fanfic of like what if she didn't really die and had like a a lot of beauty and the beast-esque fanfic with those two um and then i think the last ship that I wanted to talk about is I used to be I'm just letting all of my nerdery kind of hang out in
0: this and you know everyone <laughs> listening is like yeah yeah mm-hmm, me too yeah uh huh yeah go ahead keep I'm going with you. More yeah, on with yeah. you list.
1: hold on so um I used to watch a lot of anime and there is this anime series called Inuyasha and it's very long and the plot doesn't really go anywhere for a while um but the main character, the hero, has a brother who is a demon, who also has really long white hair and a huge sword. Um
0: uh, you have a type, I eh? Yes.
1: <laughs> and one of the secondary characters, her name is Songo, and she's a demon hunter and has this giant fucking boomerang. Um so I shipped them together. Demon, demon hunter. You can see <laughs> why that would be a problem. Her love, Songo's love interest in the show was like a lecherous monk and I fucking hated him. She deserved so much better. Um, so like another like evil good pairing. And then my last ship is my most recent ship. And I know will um, cause a lot of disagreement. But I'm not shipping this because I think it's canon or even a good idea. Like, most of my ships in reality put, would probably not work out. <laughs> um, but I can suspend my disbelief for, like, an HEA. Um, but my most recent and probably my most controversial ship is uh, Ray and Kylo Ren. From the new Star Wars, I don't think series. that's controversial, like they definitely oh there was some there was some stuff going around on Twitter well, there about was a like a lot of that stuff. Was a terrible
2: <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going around on Twitter about that movie in general because men ruin everything,
1: um yeah, of course,
2: no, but I mean, they went there in the most recent movie, like they went there hard,
1: yeah, they did, and I fully boarded that ship. I was first in line with my tickets. (laughs) I had my hanky out to wave goodbye to the dock as we set sail. (laughs) Did you throw confetti? Did you throw confetti off the the side of the ship? I was the one who christened it and I broke the champagne bottle. Uh. (laughs) Uh, Bon voyage, um, essentially. Okay, But I just like the tension that comes with like an enemies to lover sort of trope. And that's also something that I look for in my romances. I love that added extra, like you have sexual tension, but there's also that tension of like, I'm not supposed to like you, but I'm. T- it turns out that I actually like you and I hate myself for liking you yes. sort of deal.
0: See, I I totally, totally see where they were going. Um Although I have to say the part where he turned around and his pants were pulled up to his ribs and then his like oh giant pale, I was like, "What is happening? Put your very shirt on!" Wide
2: yes.
1: chest, very wide.
2: Oh my they picked, god! Like, they picked the most like alarming pants for that scene. They're like, how how can we make this not sexy? Who has mom jeans lying I know. around? I feel we'd like- really like. Can <laughs> you tuck your nipples in, Adam? Just
1: <laughs> there's a high waisted. Level where, like, there's a good area where the high waist can sit,
3: right? But it's a
1: very fine line between too
0: high, <laughs> right? Yeah. That was like any minute now, he was gonna start dancing flamenco It looked like he had one of those, and he just forgot
1: his jacket. Like yoga <laughs> pants have like those tummy panels, yes, you know what I mean?
0: Uh, yes, they're like maternity yeah, pants, that's what yeah. It looked yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. but
1: for his like yeah, <laughs> he just pulled it all the way out. <laughs> Or, you know, maybe he bought the wrong size. And I was like, well, if I leave these sitting at my waist, the crotch is going to be down to my knees. So I just got to pull them up as high <laughs> as they'll go.
0: Uh, Mr. Mr. Driver, the waistband folds over. Oh, no, the cameras are <laughs> rolling. She oh, right? well. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. See, I can see, like, the scene where they were fighting back to back. And then he's like, okay, come run this evil empire with me. It'll be great. And she's like, were we even just watching the same yeah. battle? Like, they're they're still in very different places, but they are very good fighting together. Um, That was really, really powerful. But then the whole, like, I'm having a giant temper tantrum at Luke at the end, like, uh, anything that he had built, he lost with me when he completely lost his shit. And I was like, you are just a giant, whingy, petulant fanboy. It's funny um, that you, bring you that up. are the you are the you are the fandom that is wrong with Star Wars. Well, it's funny that you bring
1: Wars. that up because looking back on all these pairings, a lot of my heroes are emotionally stunted and mm. not very like mature. Like with Jareth in the Labyrinth, he is so used to like getting whatever he wants, and he's like, "I don't understand why you just won't do what I say." Whereas all of the mm-hmm. heroines that I pick are like, "That's not how things work, dude." <laughs>
3: yeah
1: um, so it's interesting that you mentioned that i it's something that hadn't occurred to me before that a lot of my pairings kind of have heroines that can help the hero in his emotional growth if that's something he's willing to do right, which is that which is also sense. in real life kind of a toxic thing in a relationship. you never want to have to like oh, yeah. help your partner grow in that aspect or like mother your partner so obviously these pairings are not um pairing real life healthy like a relationship after but they're nice like a they're nice fantasy pairings
0: it's really interesting because one of my catnips is a hero in a in a romance who is already emotionally fluent (laughs) That's never my cat, <laughs> right? Like you and I are on opposite sides of this. If this is a polarity, we are in uh, in separate continents because I do not like I do not like heroes. I consider them sort of like cousins to boner led heroes. Like a boner led hero is I have a boner and I don't know what to do except put it in you. So yeah. obviously that's the most important thing. With the, there's also the the boner-led hero who's like, I have a boner and a feeling, and I don't like that, and I don't know what to do with this feeling, so I'm just going to focus on my boner. And that's the kind of hero who's like, I'll just have sex with her and get her out of my system. Like, no, you're not flushing the air conditioning system in, <laughs> in, in, in a car. It's not how that works. You're not changing the oil. Like, come on. So the idea that there's this hero that is emotionally stunted that needs to... Um, needs the heroine to ground him to goodness or level him up emotionally. I'm like, yeah, that's not my thing. I see that thing. I understand that thing exists and I'm glad it works for you. It's so not my thing. So I find this so interesting.
1: That's probably why. Which is not
0: to say there's not room for your thing. There is yeah, so room for probably, your thing. It is just not my that's thing.
1: That's probably why Elise and I could never find a villain that right. you were attracted to. we yeah. <laughs> tried
0: for like two hours.
1: We tried so hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if I told you this, but I had Adam listen to that episode before it came out. And I was like, is this even logical or intelligible? And he was like, I have been laughing so hard at this episode because it is hilarious. But when you were like Bowser, <laughs> <laughs> he literally fell over. <laughs> Bowser's like- Bowser, by Mouse. the way, does not do it for me. He's
1: a buff dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, it still doesn't do it for me. <laughs> so your OTPs are almost always rooted in a great deal of conflict, yeah. often from the hero being extremely frustrated with the heroine for not doing what he yes. wants. <laughs> or for not being what he wants. Like like Draco was super into Hermione, and then that was in conflict with his super racist elitist yeah, beliefs.
1: Yeah, because she isn't like a pedigreed you know, witch or whatever. I don't remember the exact terminology. Sorry, Harry Potter lovers. Yeah, and I kind of like that, you know, my upbringing dictates that I shouldn't be attracted to you, but I am very much attracted to you, and that makes me very angry. I can see that working.
0: Yeah, I can see that. All right, Elise, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Because mine are so boring, and I know yours are going to be so interesting. (laughs) So
2: i I have kind of classified mine into two buckets. One is uh skinny British evil characters. I don't know what the deal with that is. So like I think it started with Jareth from Labyrinth for sure. I think that's where it got started and then it just it kept going. So um Tom Hiddleston is Loki, Benedict Cumberbatch is Sherlock. Like I these guys are all assholes and I'm just like No, I think, I think you just need the love of a good woman, but like, I get where Amanda's coming from because it's not a relationship you actually want, but in fantasy land, it would be super convenient, right? Because like, shit would just get done. How so? Like, I'm just thinking, like, if you were dating a British villain, and Sherlock's kind of, I think, on the bubble, he's a sociopath, but not evil, You would just be like, oh, I saw this really sad story about this person who abused a puppy. And then, like, he would die mysteriously. And The police would be like, we found dismembered parts all over the street. We don't know how that happened. And you'd be like, well, I know, but it's okay.
1: I feel like these dudes are very driven, even if the things that they're driven to do aren't the great. Can
2: you imagine if you could focus that energy, like, positively?
1: On something good. (laughs)
2: Like, Like, your bathroom remodel would be done in no time. It would be amazing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. so wait what's the opposite of chaotic evil lawful good no no lawful lawful evil so they're basically right, lawful has, evil right because yes, there Am I has getting that to be right?
2: there has to be a set of rules that they abide by and i think that's why we when we talked about how i read like hitman romances and stuff like that it works for me because it's not like they're indiscriminately killing there are people that they kill that deserve to die in the context of the book, so that's okay, but they have to have some world building rules that they follow by.
1: So based on that description, Elise. I'm gonna (laughs) would you would you be attracted to the predator? What? Because What? Because the predator is kind of lawful evil in the sense that the predators have this sort of set of scruples that like if you are a worthy competitor or you're like a, a moral warrior they will spare you. They don't go in indescri- okay. No, no. I First see of where all, where you're
2: going, it's just I can't get past the toothy <laughs> vagina mouth. Like that's too upsetting. I mean
1: kissing me. might be a struggle. Right. I've just had like predator on the brain because I've been debating with Eric for a while on alien versus predator in terms of, like, the species as a whole. So I've spent way more time than I would like thinking about the predator. No, no,
2: we're good. I mean, I'll think about it. I I feel like I'm going to have to do on this for a while before I give you a definitive answer.
1: Maybe there's a predator without the toothy vagina mouth.
2: I think that's just how they come, isn't it?
1: I don't know. I mean, in the new movie, there's a, a female predator. Ooh, so, I'm by that. So I'm curious if like their facial features and their like you know, body types differ, or if they're just like one cookie cutter predator and that's just what they all look like. Um
2: okay, so skinny British villains, kind of my thing. <laughs> But then there was also the ships that came out of my growing up in the '90s, and I just want you guys to know that I spent an awful lot of time watching clips of Lefemme Nikita today, <laughs> and reflecting on how hard I shipped that. So oh, yeah, yeah, so that came out I think in '97, and ran for three yep. or four years. So first of all, the whole the whole female yep. spy assassin thing, all of my catnip, and. Looking back, I shipped that so hard and I was so attracted to the Michael character and he literally did nothing. Like, I'm watching it now. He had no facial expressions and he just whisper talked the whole series. That's all he did. (laughs) But he had kind of like...
0: That makes it easy for you to project onto him. There's not much more. And he had
2: kind of like luxurious wavy hair and a French accent. So there we go. Um, So that was a big one. And then also... (sighs) It's just painful. Mulder and Scully. That was a ship that Chris Carter fucking ruined. And then they rebooted the series and he came out of the weeds and he was like, I can make this worse for you. And everyone who shipped them in the nineties and was a fan was screaming at their television at the season finale of the most recent season, because fuck you, Chris Carter. Fuck you.
1: What happened? I don't want to watch the season. But I, okay. I'm I'm okay with being spoiled.
0: I will mark this as a spoiler in the okay. finished episode.
1: I want to know. All right. So
2: you know how I don't know if you know this. So in the the first run series, the original series, Mulder and Scully had a baby, yes, a son, right, William. or at least you William, and they gave him up for adoption to protect him, right? So in the most recent series, they find him again. He's a teenager now. And you find out that he's not really their son, that the smoking man impregnated Scully with alien DNA when she was unconscious. So he's basically a science rape baby between aliens, the smoking man, and Scully.
3: Uh,
0: oh Jesus Christ. Like the like rage
2: <laughs> rage on Twitter was just like vowel sounds and flame. Gifts and, yeah, so, like, thank you, Chris Carter, for being an absolute piece of shit. And then, of course, the most recent series or season ends with Scully being like, I know I'm amazing and I kick ass and I've saved the universe many times, but, you know, I just feel really unfulfilled because I haven't had a baby and then I just, like, or haven't been a, really been a mother. So then I was just, like, throwing things at the TV. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can understand your anger. (laughs) Like, I haven't even... Kept up with the series. I think I watched like the first few seasons, but that's yucky. <laughs> it was super yucky.
2: And then my big one was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I shipped both Buffy and Angel. And then later, don't,
1: don't get me started on Sarah and I. Fucking talked about this stupid moment in Buffy where like she has to kill him to close a hell mouth or hell whatever. Mouth. Well, and I was.
2: How else do you close a hell mouth, Amanda?
1: I was fucking ruined. I was like, what? Is right. this? So I love the idea that you went to your grandmother and you were like, "Grandma, she killed the vampire." I was so upset; I was in tears, and my grandmother had no clue what the fuck I was talking about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she had to stab yep. him. Yeah, yep.
1: I was like, "What?" But yeah,
2: yeah. So, but what it made me realize is that all of like my hardcore teenage ships were about two characters who kind of had to, they were thrown together and they had to maintain the same secret. So like they're, it was kind of them against the outside world in some ways, which I think appeals to me as a romance reader too, where it's like, um, this is the only person who can really fully understand me because the situation I'm in is so unusual and other people can't know about it. Right. Either I'm a, a spy or, you know, a vampire or, um, I think aliens are real. It's kind of like a workplace romance. If you think about it, <laughs> well, it was, it was for two of them. And I'm going to say it is for Buffy and angel too, because her
0: job was killing vampires. That makes sense. You know, those are, those are decent ships. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like is the most outlandish <laughs> of the two of us. Cause mine are hella boring,
2: but I will admit. Okay. So like my, one of my favorite fanfics to read is, um, the Marvel Universe, uh, Darcy Lewis has sex with everybody. Have you guys
1: <laughs> discovered this? No, but I'm into it. Oh, What? So,
2: the character of Darcy Lewis, that is um, Kat Denning's character from the Thor movies, where she tases him. Yeah. Right. And there's just a ton of fanfic out there where, like, she's just kicking it at Stark Tower with the Avengers and gets to sleep with everybody and, generally speaking, have a good time and sometimes taste people.
1: Yeah. Can you can you hook a girl up? Let me, yeah. To it. yeah we, might, we
0: might need links with them for that.
2: So, yeah, it's just like, it's like fun, sex positive. I identify with that character a little bit. Yeah. There's, oh, wow. there's no relationship. There's no drama. It's just like, you know, a fanfic where Captain America's like, can you do me a solid and help me get rid of this virginity thing? And she's like, sure. And then they <laughs> eat ice cream
3: afterwards.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Elise, are you going to watch the new Chilling Adventures of Sabrina?
2: I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I'm going to do it.
0: This looks like entirely your cabinet, Amanda. I'm
1: I'm excited for it.
0: Like, I want to watch it. I would love to watch it. There is no way this can enter my <laughs> brain. Like, this is the kind of show that I will watch in GIF sets. Because they will pull out the romance, and that's really the only part I'm interested in. Much like I think that Watchmen is a very loving sitcomy romance between Mr. Darcy and this guy in a tracksuit. Like, that's that's the story <laughs> that I know. This is going to pull out all of the really powerful moments, and then they're going to pull out the little romantic moments, and they're going to leave all the, the blood and gore and the jump scares and the creepy parts. They're going to leave that out, and I'll be very safe.
1: <laughs> I forgot a ship.
0: Oh, well, give me the ship, yo. I'm
2: sorry. So...
0: Ooh, okay. I sounded, super, I sounded super Canadian there. <laughs> um,
2: so this would be like my most recent adult ship. I fell down the mentalist rabbit hole super hard. So it was a CBS TV series about a guy who was basically like a con and yeah. pretended to be psychic. And he goes on a talk show. Does the so-
1: main guy look like Jamie Oliver? Is that what I'm? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He
2: goes on a TV show and he's like, you know, I'm psychic and I'm going to help the police catch the serial killer. And he pisses off the serial killer and the serial killer kills his wife and kid. And so years he kind of like falls, you know, into despair. But then this police detective, um, Teresa Lisbon, kind of picks him up and brushes him off and he's helping her hunt the killer. And so over years and years, the two of them become partners and become closer. And so that is, again, all of my catnip. It's got that suspense element that I love.
0: Yeah, but does he actually sufficiently deal, process his grief?
2: Um, I think towards the end of the, they, So it, it had a disappointing ending, I think, because all of the actors wanted off the show. And it was renewed for a couple of seasons, where you can tell like nobody really wanted to be there anymore.
0: Oh, that's the yeah. worst! I remember reading that the that the two main characters did not get along very much.
2: The the actor and the actress. No. They, yeah.
0: No. Maybe I'm thinking yeah. of a different show. I'm thinking of a different show. I, my my the exiles.
2: They didn't for a long time.
0: They get along great now. The two of them are adorable know, together. But I think they they're like old and yeah. Ugly. I think
2: for a long time they hated each other. You're thinking. I yeah. bet you're thinking of Castle.
0: Yes, Yes. that is exactly
2: what I was thinking Supposedly, they really hated each other.
0: Yeah, that's it's really interesting when two people who don't get along have outstanding chemistry. I kind of... And then you find out that they actually hate each other, and you're like, oh. I just get
2: a super dickish vibe from Nathan Fillion.
0: Really? Don't you? I get that now. He's so beloved. Right, but
2: I feel like it's superficial. Like, he knows what he's doing, and it's kind of manipulative. It's not genuine.
0: I get that vibe from Jeremy Renner.
2: Oh,
1: I think he's Ooh. just straight up a dick. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, mean, no, I no. think he's a he's a dick with with uh, excess charm that he knows how right. to deploy.
2: Really, I think Chris Pine and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth are the only male celebrities at this point that I don't. I'm not suspect of.
1: I'm not suspect I of Tom that. Hardy. He's beautiful.
2: His love <laughs> for dogs is pretty heartwarming. It is. But, like, I can watch the video of Chris Hemsworth making his daughter a birthday cake, like, 8,000 times in a row.
0: All right. You want to hear my boring-ass ships? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amanda and I already went over this one. But the foundational ship to my romance reading is Catherine and Vincent from the original Beauty and the Beast. However, she doesn't die. They live very happily right now. (laughs) They have a great little arrangement um you know they live on the on the edge of the park they see each other all the time he can come up whenever he wants they've got a good disguise going on they live they're perfectly happy so
2: they're not living with the sewer people anymore
0: you mean ren Faire in the sewer Sewer yes. <laughs> yes. people. there's a system of tunnels and we live down here dressed like we go to ren Faire.
2: it all makes sense okay <laughs> i
3: know i love it so much <laughs> didn't um, she like
2: wait on her balcony in very flowy nightgowns for him
0: oh all the time
2: yeah like all you do time.
0: yeah i mean do. who doesn't stand on a flowy balcony i don't know how many stories up in the air waiting for your very large ren dressed lion boyfriend to climb the outside like no I, one noticed him climbing the outside no one noticed her climbing the outside with her body like what <laughs>
2: I just I feel like a lot of our ships that were based on the fact that we all saw Beauty and the Beast kind of in the same age range, the Disney version, yeah think it it informed a lot.
0: Oh yeah, and I bet when we air this episode and you know and I'm like, all right, tell me who your ships are, there's going to be very clear uh, generational lines to those ships. Oh yeah, and what's so fascinating is that you know there's so much reboot going on in media right now because people who are around my age or a little younger are the ones now getting into positions where they're in charge of things and so everything that is nostalgia steeped gets rebooted but in a different way or in the same way and I'm like please don't touch my original shifts I'd be really sad (laughs) (laughs) please don't so Catherine and Vincent worked for me because he was emotionally fluent and she was really spoiled and not very nuanced at all. And it's, it's interesting when, when I rewatched the pilot, she's really shallow and mm-hmm. she basically phones in at work and everyone she works with at her corporate law office is very frustrated with her. She shows up at like noon and leaves at 1.30 and everyone's like, we've been waiting for you. And she's like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm the boss's daughter. Um, she's horrible. But then you get super sensitive in a hurry. And I realized that I am the opposite of you, Amanda. I like an emotionally fluent hero and a heroine who has emotional improvement or leveling up to do. Yeah. Like I am the opposite. I find it so interesting. So obviously Catherine and Vincent are my super foundational one true pair. Like I adore them. The other one I have actually combines two ships that are usually in conflict in Tumblr land. So, did you guys see Avatar
1: the Last Airbender the no. cartoon? Yeah.
2: I think I've seen episodes
0: of it. I haven't watched it like
1: consistently. I know the characters, oh. but I've never watched
0: Okay. It. it is really really good, and I sat and watched it several nights in a row with my family. Um we all adored it. So, in the original Avatar group There's Katara, who is a female waterbender, and Aang, who's the avatar. The the foundation of the show is that there are four main elements that you can bend or control. There's earth, water, fire, and air. And the avatar is the one who keeps balance between the four kingdoms uh, by being able to bend all of them. You've come to find out that after Aang froze himself and his air bison, Appa, in a giant block of ice, the Fire Nation... Uh, committed genocide against the air nation and wiped them all out. So he's literally the last airbender. Hence the name of the show Avatar, the Last Airbender. Oh. Which my family of course in great maturity called Avatar the Last Air Biscuit, but for <laughs> <laughs> giant dorks. So Katara and her brother Sokka are um fishing in near their where they live in the Southern Water Tribe. And they find this iceberg and they realize someone's in it. And she breaks Aang out of the iceberg, figures out pretty quickly that he's the avatar. And then the Fire Nation realizes that he's returned after 100 years and they're ready to kill him. There's all these other characters that are going to converge. It's super cool. But there's also another character who is the disgraced child of the Fire Lord. And that would be Zuko. You might have seen him in fandom pictures. He's the one where he has this big red burn Ooh. scar that goes from his over his yes. eye.
1: I like Okay, that. yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, Amanda, Zuko and Katara would be your catnip. That's why you should watch the show. So you can watch for what is called Zukara. Okay. okay. So in the show, Zuko and Katara have very many parallels. They both have um, their mothers have both been killed or missing. Their fathers are absent or terrible. They are both terribly powerful and terribly alone. Um, there's all of these little major and minor parallels and they, they, hate each other. She especially hates him. But she's also a healer and is also one of the few characters who is spontaneously kind to Zuko, which of course being emotionally stunted has no idea how to deal with. So Zuko has been told by his father who burned him and cast him out of the Fire Nation and disowned him as the crown prince, the only way to redeem you back into the family is for you to find the avatar and kill him. Well, you know, Avatar's been missing for 100 years, so fat chance. Of course, he does find the Avatar, but then ends up joining the Avatar's gang because that's this is a children's <laughs> show and that's how that works. Avatar is the last person to trust Zuko once he finally joins the uh, the gang. And their tension is so good. But of course, Aang and Katara end up at the end because that's kind of the buildup through the whole series. And I'm fine with that. I am totally fine with canon shipping. Like, I am all about it. If I had a shipping company, it would be called (laughs) cannon shipping. So I'm fine with Qatar and Aang, but here's what happens. This is a bit of a spoiler. Actually, oh, this is a spoiler, so fuck it. Because Aang froze himself for 100 years, he dies relatively young at age 66. And then his avatar spirit is reincarnated into Korra, who is the heroine of the next show. Ultimately, Korra is born into the waterbending tribe and ends up being trained by Katara because Katara is the most advanced waterbender. So Katara ends up trading the reincarnated spirit of her late husband. She lives to be very, very old. And I like to think that after Aang died and after Katara had time to sort of adjust to being a widow, that she and Zuko got together. Because they had a lot of shared history and they had a terrific attraction and they would have had a lot of things to work out. So I think that both Katara and Aang and then later Katara and Zuko both happened. Which is totally cheating in the shipping world because of, of the show and the Avatar fandom because it, you, most people are like, no, you're either one or the other. I'm like, how about both? Because people can love more than one person in their lifetime.
2: Yeah, I support this. I think, that, I think that's healthy. So
0: I ship Katara and Zuko once Aang has died.
2: So, I have to ask, though, did either of you watch Sailor Moon as a kid? Uh, I'm yeah. Remem- I'm, yeah. Remembering- <laughs> I'm remembering that being kind of a formative ship, too. Although, as an adult, looking back, I'm confused by it. Like, why- How so? Why are you a vigilante in a tuxedo?
0: Tuxedo. Why not? Ask?
2: <laughs> and then didn't he Sorry. become like... <laughs> he- He had like an Aladdin-ish outfit too, right? He was like super cultural misappropriation. He was like an Arabian Knight for a while.
1: Maybe? What?
2: I don't remember. Am I the only one who remembers this?
1: I mean, I like the villain Prince Diamond over tuxedo mask. Obviously. Obviously. Um, But let me Google. Let's see. I don't remember tuxedo I think yes. it was like the moonlight
2: night or something hang on
1: oh I'm googling oh yeah yeah you're right <laughs> 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 yes <laughs> uh, uh, yeah it's weird that it's moonlight night but he is dressed not like a night
2: night yeah it's kind of a um a a chic sort of yeah thing it's not it's not good It's not good.
1: It is not good.
2: But I remember uh, in middle school waking up super early to watch that because it was on at like 4 a.m.
1: So it was because not necessarily like 4 a.m. But my mom, when we lived in South Florida, um, she would have to like drive down to Miami. So I would have to go to before care and after care for school.
3: Right. You
0: told me about
1: that. I I would get to elementary school at like 6 30 in the morning and sit in the cafeteria with a bunch of other kids and we would watch like sailor moon and pokemon and like all the other like early program cartoons and then like after school i would just hang out until like six o'clock at night until my mom picked me up
0: have you guys watched the dragon prince on netflix no. i
1: have not
0: It is, I have not gotten far enough into it to verify the presence of any romances, but it is really good. It's from the same people who did Avatar and it is gorgeous. And there is so much interesting character development and representation. There's a deaf general who communicates in animated sign language. It's super cool. You guys would really like it. And it's only nine half hour episodes. Totally manageable. I bet Rich would love it. Like it is.
2: I, oh, he like hardcore. Yes.
0: Oh, sure. he is. He's going to be so, if he has not watched this park, his his own ass in front of the Netflix and let him watch it. Cause he will be so happy.
2: I'm texting him right now. Cause he's downstairs.
0: <laughs> he's like, I've already watched it twice. <laughs> so do you have any other uh, ships or book recommendations that you want to no. make?
1: No, I'm still going through that League series. I don't know why. Um, why? Seriously, I'm the, dude. I'm on the fifth book now. The one before it was better. Less misogyny. Uh, less sexual violence. More uh, scene setting and world building. Um, so it's making me slightly hopeful. But... I wanted something spooky. Both Elise and I are in a spooky mood. So I picked up The Dry by Jane Harper, which Elise reviewed, I believe, on the site. And it's like an Australian thriller. I'm enjoying it so far. But in
2: almost... I like that you... I like that you messaged me, and you're like, I like that every scene <laughs> has a poisonous spider in the background. No,
1: he, he <laughs> mentions like, there's a red back and a web hovering above the guy's face, and I let him know that it's there. He's, like, in a hotel room, and he's like, there's a giant huntsman spider on the wall. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is not endearing me well, to go visit Australia whatsoever.
2: Australia has some pretty, like, yeah, Australia will fuck your shit up, really? right? Like, if it's
1: poisonous and terrifying.
0: Yeah, the entire actual country of Australia is trying to kill you.
1: So like every scene has right. like a spot that poisonous bug sort of <laughs> sort of deal to it. But I'm enjoying it
2: a lot. I've picked up a bunch of spooky stuff too, um, because this is my favorite time of year and Halloween is my favorite holiday. And I love spooky shit. So last night at like three in the morning, I started The Silent Companions by Laura Purcell. With the creepy dolls. Which is a very... Yeah, the creepy doll book. It's, like, very gothic. It's also pretty short. It's, well, I guess it's 300 pages. The book looks thinner than that. Um, so I think I'm probably going to finish that today. And then I picked up Little Stranger by Sarah Waters, which is going to be a movie pretty soon, I think. And then I have Melmoth um, by, is it Sarah Perry she wrote? that. Yeah, Essex
1: Serpent. I have that one. I did not like The Essex Serpent. So... Um, because... This
2: one involves a super creature called Melmoth, the Watcher.
1: Well, like, the, the Essex Serpent is supposed to have, like, a cryptid thing going on, too, but I feel like it focused more on, like, interpersonal dynamics than the actual, like, creepy monster, which is what I wanted. So, I'm hoping this one is different, but who knows?
2: Oh, I have, um, The Witch of Willow Hall, too. I have that one. Like, creepy shit. So I'm looking forward to that. That was really cool. They sent it. They sent the arcs out in like a sheer black bag to add to the creepy
0: ambiance. So I have The Witch of Willow Hall on my list. There's like five books that come out on October 2nd. I I'm like, Come on. I know. The Hollow of Fear by Sherry Thomas, the third Charlotte Ooh. Holmes. That comes out on October 2nd. Kill the Queen comes out on October 2nd from Jennifer Eastup
2: yep i read that
0: one yeah you like that one
2: i did it does have a romance arc in it but it's clear that it's going to progress into the other books so if you're looking for like a open and shut romance it's not you're not going to get it there i want to read the bellwether by susanna i have it i haven't started it
0: i have heard that it is really good All right. I'm guessing you have comments and you want to tell us about your OTPs. Believe me, we desperately want to hear about it. So get ready. Here's all the ways to contact us. You can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com, or you can call us and leave a message at 201-371-3272. That is 201 thats 201 Don't forget to give us your name so we can add you to a future episode. I know that many of you would like to tell us about your OTPs because, well, this is a very fun subject for romance readers, as you can tell. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We had a really good time, and we will definitely be doing a follow-up if you'd like to tell us who you happen to ship. This podcast episode and the podcast transcript were brought to you by Cut and Run by Mary Burton, on sale now from Montlake Romance. Trauma victims are not new to medical examiner Faith McIntyre, but this one is different. The unconscious woman clinging to life after a hit and run is FBI agent Macy Crow. What the woman from Quantico was doing in a dark alley after midnight is just one mystery. The other is more unsettling. Macy is Faith's mirror image, the twin sister she didn't know she had. Faith knew she was adopted, but now she's finding that her childhood concealed other secrets. Following the trail of clues Macy left behind, Faith and Texas Ranger Mitchell Hayden make a shocking discovery on an isolated country ranch. As the missing pieces of Faith's and Mary's dark lives snap into place, Faith is becoming more terrified by what she sees and by what she must do to save her sister and herself from the past. Cut and Run by Mary Burton is available now from Motley Romance. Thank you to everyone who has supported the podcast Patreon. You make a deeply appreciated difference. You help me keep the show going and you help me make sure that every episode is transcribed and accessible to everyone. If you would like to have a look, I would love to have you. Patreon.com slash smartbitches. And if you have left a review or told a friend, or if you are walking the dog, dying wool, cleaning the house, cooking, cleaning, or out on the elliptical or the treadmill, or that other weird machine with the poles that goes back and forth, kind of like a skiing thing, maybe. Maybe you have one of those. Maybe you're on it right now. Either way, thank you for bringing me with you. You've totally got this. Keep going. Don't give up. The music you are listening to was provided by sassy outwater this is the Peat bog fairies because I love them so much they make great music for the intro and outro this is Chatham lassie's from their album black house and I will have links to the album and the song in the show notes at smartpitches slash podcast you know what else will be in the show notes uh links to a whole bunch of things a ton of movies video games books TV shows and some links to some of the things we talked about in this episode, including Elise's and my discussion of the boner-led hero, which I really, really enjoyed. Also, Darcy Lewis fanfic, um, if you wish to read that, because, well, apparently that was a very popular discussion between Elise and Amanda. Coming up on Smart Bitches this week, if you enjoyed Fall Week, we have more festive reading fun ahead. This weekend, we have another edition of Kick-Ass Women in History from Carrie, Plus, reviews of books featuring kick ass women in many eras. We have a collection of reviews of tarot card decks, a new edition of Soggy Bottoms, plus Lit Wicks, Help a Bitch Out, book reviews, and of course, books on sale. I hope you will come by and hang out with us. And now it is time for the terrible joke, my favorite part of the outro. I know you all listen to the end because they are so bad, and this is so bad. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> It's now time for my professional podcasting voice. How does the moon cut his hair? Give up? How does the moon cut his hair? Eclipse it. (laughs) Thank you to Ziziva42, I think. Um, That book made me totally laugh. Now I'm worried I've said it before. Have I used this before? Welcome to my complete absence of memory. Wow. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. If I did... I hope you enjoyed it a second time. And if I didn't, I'm having a little bit of weird deja vu. I'm sure it'll pass. On behalf of Amanda and Elise and all of our pets and Maxwell the Stuffed Otter, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend and we will see you back here next week.